Hey everyone, welcome to our SEC East College Football Preview, or as I call it, the SEC East and Mizzou Preview, because even though Missouri is considered a member of the SEC East, it makes no geographical sense, and I'm sure not only bothers me, but bothers many fans all over the place. And let's start with Missouri of the SEC East. And uh, looking at their schedule, they got Central Michigan. They're at Kentucky, um, at Southeastern Missouri, at Boston College. Kind of an interesting uh, game right there. Tennessee, North Texas, Texas A&M, at Vandy, at Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, and they end at Arkansas. Uh, Joe, looking at this schedule, what do you see for the Missouri Tigers this year and the uh, and their chances of being in the SEC East and, and in the second year of uh, a lot of Drinkwitz, who actually had a pretty surprisingly good first season. Yeah, so Missouri, to me, is getting some hype. as a team, you know, that could win eight or nine games. Um, I feel like right up there with Kentucky and Georgia, people are kind of hyping them up in the SEC East. You know, granted, I don't know their roster, you know, to the level of I do, you know, a lot of other teams in the conference – but just looking at the schedule and kind of recent history, I see them really, Dan, having a realistic chance to go 8-4 with the schedule. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that would be a great season. I think people would, would be very high on Drinkwitz going into th season three if you were to do an 8-4. Um, you know, looking at this one, the only for sure, for sure losses that I see, like 100%, is going to be Florida and Georgia. But you go outside that, I mean, Kentucky, that's a game that I would probably favor Kentucky in, especially since it's going to be uh, at the Commonwealth. But, you know, I think that's one they could win. Um, you know, like outside of that, I mean, at Arkansas, that could be a tough game right there. But I think that's a neutral site game, right? Isn't, isn't that the one they made neutral site? Or is that – no, that's A and M. That's A and M in Arkansas. They yeah, this is home and home in Missouri. Arkansas. This, this is home and home. So this is at Arkansas. I would say that's a tough one. Um, at Boston College could be a, a tough game. I mean, could be a little bit colder. Boston College is never a you know never a team that you can run over very easily. They always play pretty tough football. Um, yeah. I would say looking at this, Joe, uh, A and M, they're going to lose that game. Um, I think that they probably go seven and five, and maybe eight and four on the tops. I would say they probably lose to Kentucky, uh, A and M, Georgia, Florida, and I'm going to say they lose to Boston College too. I don't. I think that's a okay. tough road trip for a second year coach, and I just don't see them winning that one. Yeah, I had them. I went back and forth from the Boston College game. I had them winning that, and then losing the other four that you mentioned. So I had them eight and four. Yeah, well, I mean, I think even seven and five, they'd probably be pretty happy with that. I think seven and five, eight and four, and I don't think either one of them is turning up any kind of heat on Drinkwitch's seat. I think Missouri fans are pretty happy with what their young coach is doing. Oh, absolutely. All right, Joe. Well, uh, moving on from from Missouri, let's go to Kentucky. We were talking about Kentucky a little bit before. Uh, I think last season was probably a pretty disappointing season for Mark Stoops. There was a lot of hype going into last season for Kentucky. Uh, a lot of people were talking about saying that they were going to beat Auburn to start the season. That was like a big like talking point last year. Um, you know, everybody was talking about Kentucky's defense, how they had you know returning starting quarterback and Terry Wilson, and really just never never materialized for Kentucky the way you would have expected. 
Uh, they lost a close game to Ole Miss. Uh, probably the high point of Kentucky's season was beating the bad Tennessee team pretty badly. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I Mark Stoops has done a good job at Kentucky, and they're always consistent. But I got to think that maybe last year was the most disappointing season they've had under him. I think so, too. But I think they have an outstanding chance to kind of turn the tide this year. When I look at their schedule, like, I really think that this is a team that can win nine or ten games. And it kind of surprised me to put them on that level. But really, Dan, the only two losses that I thought were for sure were Florida and Georgia. So I actually have Kentucky going 10-2. Uh, and two. Wow, man. That would be quite a comeback season for Mark Stoops right there if he were to take him to a 10-2 and two record. Uh, Joe, I'm looking at the strikes that they have. That's Florida, LSU, and Georgia all back-to-back. Now, they do get Florida and LSU at home, which is good. But they got to travel to Georgia. And, you know, I think that Missouri game, of course, is going to be a little bit of a toss-up, but I like them in that. They travel to Mississippi State, which could be hard. But I would favor them in both those games. And, Joe, I like them to go 9-3, and three, which I think would be a great season. I think they'll lose all those games to Florida, LSU, and Georgia just because of the talent aspect of it. Uh, you know, LSU, they can, they can have roster turnover. You can have NCAA investigations. I mean, you can have – you can have, uh, you know, whatever Orgeron says. doesn't matter. I mean, it could be the most awful thing ever that's terrible in a Me Too standpoint. But the, bo- the bottom line is they have all the talent in the world, and they always will. And Kentucky's talent just can't match up with what LSU has. So I just can't go out there and see them beating an LSU. So I like them losing to Florida, LSU, and Georgia. This may be the first time they've hosted LSU since, like, 2007 when they beat them with Andre Woodson. Oh, yeah, that was a great game. Yeah, the year that LSU yeah. won the national championship. There's been some really yeah. really great games between LSU and Kentucky randomly. Of course, you have the Bluegrass Miracle. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of history there. But I just – I don't yeah. see that. I think that LSU is just way too talented. Same thing that with Auburn. Like, everybody was talking last year about how Kentucky is going to beat Auburn. They can be well coached. They can have some players in some positions. They're never going to be a more talented football team than Auburn. Or are they ever going to be a more talented football team than LSU? That's just that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's that's what I see right there. So I think nine and three, and I think that's a great season. It would be not as good as your ten and two season, man. People are going to be like giving him an extension if that happens. Yeah. Um, moving on, Joe. Let's go back to the dregs of the SEC East. Let's look at uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, first season for uh, former Notre Dame defensive coordinator, which I think we can both agree, excellent hire. I was very happy oh, yeah. with the hire that, that Vanderbilt had. Um, looking at what they have, they start off with East Tennessee State at Colorado State. Stanford, man, that's a lot. That's a high IQ game, isn't there, isn't it? A lot of future <laughs> leaders of America playing in that football game. Uh, Georgia, uh, UConn. At Florida, at South Carolina, Mississippi State, Mizzou, Kentucky at home. They travel to Ole Miss, and they end the season at Tennessee. Um, Joe, I mean, you know, I got to think that Vanderbilt can maybe win one of these SEC games. Uh, Maybe at Tennessee could be one that they might have a chance at. You know, I hate to say it, I think this is a game that I'm going to, but they have a weird thing with Ole Miss. You just never know what – when Vanderbilt plays all this, for some reason they, they seem to have a good chance against us. But I look at their schedule and I realistically see two to three wins. 
I think the at Colorado State game could be interesting. I think that would be a big win for him to get if he could get it. Colorado Colorado State is a very good group of five program. They've had some really good seasons. They, I mean, they used to beat Colorado all the time in what was actually a very underrated, I thought, early season rivalry game. Yeah, I think that would be a great win in his second week if he could get it. I would favor Colorado State in that, but I think that would be something that you maybe you could build on a little bit. Uh, I love seeing them play Stanford. That's a cool home and home right there. I didn't I didn't realize that was happening. Um, of course, definitely that's going to be a loss. I think they'll beat UConn. So, and then it's just a question of will they get an SEC win? So I think it's possible they could get up to four wins, but I'm going to say they win three and they beat. Uh, East Tennessee, Colorado State, and UConn. I'm going to say they don't win any SEC games this year. That, that's exactly what I had. Uh, mirror image, I had them going 3-9, and nine, winning those three games, winning no SEC games, winless again. And I think their best chance for an SEC win is either Tennessee on the road or Mississippi State at home. Yeah, I would agree. Or, or at South Carolina. I actually think they might have a good chance of that one. I think South Carolina is not going to be a very good team this year. Okay. And, yeah. I was, and I was very disappointed by their head coaching hire, which you and I talked about uh, a lot earlier in, in the year. With that being yeah. said, let's move on to South Carolina and, uh, and Frank Beamer's son. I don't even know his first name. I'm just calling him Frank Beamer's son because that's, like, I think, the only reason he even got this job. And going that, they start off the season with Eastern Illinois. They travel to East Carolina. Could be an interesting game right there. Uh, at Georgia, Kentucky at home, Troy. At Tennessee, Vanderbilt uh, traveled to College Station to take on A&M. Florida traveled to Columbia, Missouri. Uh, they got Auburn, uh, Auburn at home, and then they have Clemson at home. Joe, this is an absolutely brutal schedule, and I feel very bad for Frank Beamer's son because the problem is not only do you have uh, – you got some crossover ones. That you, of course, you always have to play Clemson, which is rough, Georgia, Florida, all that kind of stuff. Um you got A&M and Auburn as your crossover games. That's brutal. And then add into the fact, Joe, that even their group of five opponents they play are traditionally very hard group of five opponents. East Carolina and Troy, they could lose both those games. Easy. I mean, Joe, they might be worse than Vanderbilt this year. And that could be a game that is a deciding factor of who's the worst team in the SEC East. I mean, shoot. Uh, right now, ooh. Man, South Carolina fans are going to be mad at me, but I'm going two wins. I think they lose one of the East Carolina or Troy games. They beat Vanderbilt, and they beat Eastern Illinois. So three wins. I'm sorry. I give them three wins. They get Vandy, either East Carolina or Troy, and Eastern Illinois, and that's it. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, the fact that they have to play Clemson every year, like that's almost like having nine SEC games, basically. You know, that's – that's what makes it so tough for them. You know, they, you know, we talk about Clemson one day maybe joining the SEC, like really making it a super conference, you know, in addition to what we already have. Like South Carolina is like we already pretty much have them every year. Um, exactly. I had South Carolina going four and eight. Um, I have them losing to Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, AM, Florida, Mizzou, Auburn, and Clemson. Yeah. I think that's the best they could do, Joe. And like I said, they're traveling to East Carolina in a game that you know those fans are going to be excited about. It's in the same state. Uh, East Carolina is a program that's good at a lot of different sports. And I think that could be one that could be a little bit of a scary trip right there. 
No, it, it is. And I look back at when I was doing some predictions, what's weird about my predictions is um, I really favored the SEC in these non-conference games. I think the only game that I have an SEC team losing in a non-conference is Vanderbilt Stanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think every other SEC non-conference I picked an SEC team to win. Yeah, I'm not as always high, as high on the SEC in those kind of games as other people are. I mean, that's one that, like, let's say it worries me. And especially, like I said, a first-year head coach. I think that's kind of a scary game right there. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move it up towards uh, still on the bottom of the SEC East. Let's go to Tennessee. Um, another team that I would say had a little bit of a blase coaching hire. Josh Heupel didn't do a whole lot for me, especially when – I didn't really think they had a real reason to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt necessarily. I think they probably could have held on to him for another year. If Heifel was what we were going to get, I think they needed to hold on to Pruitt for another year. Um, looking at their schedule, they got Bowling Green, uh, Pitt. That's an interesting game right there. Uh, Tennessee Tech, travel to Florida, travel to Missouri, South Carolina at home, Ole Miss at home, uh, travel to Bama for their yearly shellacking that they take at the hands of the Crimson Tide for the last 20 years or whatever. Uh, at Kentucky, um, then they have Georgia, uh, South Alabama, my hometown boys taking on Tennessee, and then of course they end the season with Vanderbilt. Um, this is not as, as scary of a schedule as what we've seen with a lot of these other teams that are on the middle lower level of the SEC East. Um, I think Pitt's kind of an interesting game, Joe. I think that could tell you a lot about the beginning of Heupel's career if they can win that. I mean, Pittsburgh's a team. They consistently has a very good defense. Uh, they've beaten Clemson before. They're not a pushover team. Um, and then, you know, other games, uh, South Carolina would be a big one. Of course, beating Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, I think, of course, they, as much as I'd like to think South Alabama would have a chance, they're going to beat South Alabama. Um, so I look at this, Joe, and I see, let's see, one, two, I think it's going to be either five or six wins for Tennessee. I think they could get bowl eligible, and I'm going to say they do. I think they do get to six wins and get the you know exactly what you need for bowl eligibility. I have Tennessee going. Um, I think five and seven. Okay. Um, I have them losing to Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, uh, Bama, UGA, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Now, one game that kind of concerns me, Dan, is an Ole Miss fan, and I feel like this is probably one that most people, you know, aren't going to be that concerned about. But I really think that at Tennessee could be an issue for Ole Miss, and largely because historically I've seen Ole Miss struggle on the road at Tennessee, weirdly. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, no matter how bad Tennessee has been, I mean, it still is a stadium that holds, what, 110,000 people. It's It's a raucous environment. Even with what is not a head coaching hire that's going to be super exciting to most people, it's still a new head coach, and that always brings some level of renewed interest in the program. I think that's a scary road trip, also. But yeah, I look at it. I look at them as getting six wins, Joe. I think they beat Bowling Green. I'm going to give them the edge on Pitt because of just a little bit extra talent, and I don't think that that Pat Arduzzi has just enough offensive talent to beat. Tennessee. I think they can hold them down defensively, but I still like Tennessee in that game. Um, I think that they probably they're going to beat uh, South Alabama, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina, and I see them getting to six wins that way. But that's it, though. Okay. 
And uh, Jim, now we're going to move up to the top of the SEC, and it's the two teams you'd expect for us to have at the top of the SEC East. Let's start with Florida. Uh, Florida has a very heavy Florida-centric schedule. You got Florida Atlantic starting the season off, and they travel to USF. You got Alabama at home, in which will be a very big marquee early season uh, game. Uh, also kind of a big week. That's the same week that Auburn plays Penn State. That'll be just viewership uh, heaven right there that weekend. Uh, got yep. Tennessee at home, travel to Kentucky, and what could be a very interesting game, Joe. I mean, with this magical season you're talking about Kentucky having, I know that you say you got losing to Florida, but if it goes the way you say it, that could also be a bigger game than most people would expect. Uh, Vanderbilt, they travel to LSU, which is – I'd say quietly become one of the better cross rivalry games that you see in the SEC between the East and the West. Uh, Georgia at home. Then they uh, travel to South Carolina, have Sanford, go to Missouri, and they have Florida State at home. Uh, Florida's a tough team for me to, to, to gauge, Joe, because you look at last season, they had such great highs, of course, beating up on Georgia uh, you know, go into the SEC championship for the first time. But then they had some weird struggling moments, you know. Uh, that loss to LSU was just absolutely embarrassing. Uh, the way that Oklahoma just beat the living, you know, stuff out of them was was rough. And I don't care what Dan Mullen says. He could This whole team could have been out with COVID, and that still didn't excuse Oklahoma beating them the way they were. Oklahoma was a better football team than Florida last year. And I'll sit here and I'll say that to anybody because they were. Um, but, I mean, really, that you know, in Florida, like they pound on their chest all they want. They were the closest ones to beating Alabama, but they had some really weird struggles at the end of that season. So now you, you lose Kyle Trask. You lose, um, of course, Kyle Pitts. You lose Kadarius Toney. I don't know that this Florida team is going to be as good as some people are going to put out there. I haven't really – Thought a whole lot of Emory Jones as a quarterback. To me, I think he's very limited in the passing game. He looks like he's a tough guy. He tries really hard. But I just don't see the passing ability of them. And, and Joe, I don't think that Florida is going to be near as good as what people think. Uh, looking at this, and they lose to Alabama. I think they lose to LSU personally. And they lose yeah. to Georgia. And so I got them losing three games. Yeah, I got an identical record. I got, got them going nine and three. Um, I think LSU, um, Georgia, Bama, and you know Emory Jones is going to be interesting. We have seen Dan Mullen, I will say, in the past work with quarterbacks, you know, who were predominantly runners. You think about Dak Prescott, and you know, coming into Mississippi State, but still, it does seem like Emory Jones is going to be, you know, he's going to need more development. I think even the Prescott. Yeah, and Joe, I mean, last year Florida was, I mean, they were just loaded with wide receiver talent. I mean, Kyle Pitts is mm-hmm. maybe the greatest tight end we've ever seen in college football. Uh, yeah. Kadarius Toney was an awesome scat speed receiver that you could do a lot with, run the ball, throw it to him out of the, the backfield. Trevon Grimes is a really good deep wide receiver. And they were just loaded down. And then this year, they're all gone. Uh, and I'm not saying they don't have any receiving talent. They probably do, but not any that I know of. And then you're going to put them there with a new quarterback who's – having to come off what Kyle Trask did last year. I mean, like I said, I think they lose three games, but that Kentucky game could be a really scary game, and it's possible they lose that game. So I think if you're a Florida fan, this might be a year you want to temper your expectations a little bit. 
Yeah, the Kentucky game is definitely a swing game. And what was weird about my prediction is I have Kentucky finishing second in the East, but Florida getting that win. So that was, you know, and the only reason I did that was just kind of historically how much, you know, Florida's dominated Kentucky in that series. Well, and one of the biggest problems Kentucky has, if you watch that game, they get close to beating them a lot, but there's a lot. There's just rampant cheating in that game with referees that don't let Florida they – don't, they don't let Florida lose that game. They really don't. I mean, I think it's like mm-hmm. two years in a row that I've watched awful calls just like have Kentucky lose that game, and it really is pretty disgusting. Yes, it's like they, they always the last second lose with something controversial. And it's weird with Kentucky, you know, as good as they are at basketball when it comes to football, they've been cursed so many years against like Florida and Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's why that game last year was such a big deal. And I think even though that was a bad year for Stoops, I think that cured a lot of it just the way they beat up on Tennessee. And that yes. also may have also sealed Pruitt's fate too, the way that game went down. Right. Um, and moving to the top, Joe, uh, Georgia, a real national championship competitor this year. Definitely my favorites to win the SEC East. Uh, the best quarterback they've had in a while. Um, you know, I really – probably the best quarterback they've had since Aaron Murray, in my opinion. And, and looking at their schedule, I mean, you're going to get to see a whole lot of what Georgia is week one because they take on Clemson. Uh, UAB, yeah. which they'll win, but maybe UAB will, will give them a little bit just for like a quarter or two. Uh, South Carolina home, travel to Vanderbilt, Arkansas at home, in a weird uh, mid-season travel trip to Auburn. You know, the, the schedule is now different now. It used to be Auburn and Georgia second or third week towards the end of the season. Now, of course, that's moved up. At Auburn will be an interesting game just because, you know, it's, a, it's an old rivalry right there, Harson's first season. Uh, Kentucky at home, Florida, of course, in the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which I'm sure won't be as exciting because of COVID. Uh, Missouri at home, travel to Tennessee, Charleston Southern in the season at Tech. Uh, Joe, I would say right now, looking at it, I think they only lose one game. I think they lose to Clemson to begin the season. Other than that, I'll see Georgia making it to the SEC championship game with no conference losses. Yeah, I really think looking at Georgia this year, this is going to be a special team. Um, you know, I really think they have a great chance to win the SEC, win the national championship, just with kind of how everything's going to work out for them this year. You know, you look at Alabama, you know, regrouping to a degree with newer players. You see Georgia with so many guys coming back. And then you look at what they added to this team. You know, JT Daniels has a second year at the helm where he's going to have more experience this year. You know, he was kind of thrust into the role last year, came in season injured, didn't get the first team reps because Jamie Newman got him, and then, you know, he opted out. So I think that that bodes well for Georgia. And then you look at the addition of uh, Eric Gilbert at tight end. He transferred in. I think he's going to be a superstar. And then finally, I would say that I think they're going to go 12-0, and here's the reason. I think they beat Clemson. And the main reason for it, Dan, is we know about the transfer market right now in college football. Georgia got a Clemson transfer, a quarterback, um, Debian Kendrick, will be playing in the game on Saturday, uh, that Saturday. And I think that having Kendrick um, on Georgia's side will make the difference because I think schematically he will have them more prepared than they would be otherwise to face Clemson. Well, Joe, that would be something. I mean, that, that would be a huge win for Kirby Smart right out the gate. And I think quite a little bit of the criticism he's gotten the 
last couple of years, especially if they can beat Clemson. Um, but, yeah, I think that got them losing that game to Clemson, but that doesn't mean that they're out of the college football playoff. They can beat Alabama or whoever makes it out of the SEC West. They'll definitely make the four-team playoff. And I like them at least going undefeated in the SEC East. And with that being said, we're going to switch over to the SEC Beast, and that's going to be the West on this one. And uh, really excited to talk about some of those teams. Got both of our teams, our Auburn Tigers and our Rebs on that one. And we come back, we're going to talk a little SEC West, which, you know, is only going to get worse when they add in Oklahoma and Texas in a couple of years. And uh, if you want to check out all of our episodes available on Spotify, and if you want to hang in, we'll be talking about the SEC West in just a little bit. Chat just every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. during the summer months. And also, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at DJ Sports Show. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jeff.